Hi, it's Sharon Swing. Before we get started on today's podcast, there are two opportunities we would love to invite you to join us in. One is a Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. It's a life mapping virtual group that will be starting September 10th. I'll be leading that along with Joan Kelly and Sybil Towner. We would love to have you join us. Second thing, a live in-person workshop in the Chicago area for people who want to lead others through the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. We would love to have you find out more information at onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. You'll see a link to those two opportunities off of the front page. Now for our podcast. Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing. Hi, this is Sharon Swing. It's the One Life Maps podcast, and I am around the table with Sybil Towner. Hi. And Joan Kelly. Hello, everybody. Just so you know, Sybil Towner is the co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, along with me. And Joan Kelly is our Director of Facilitator Development. She helps people figure out how, in their own unique setting and way and people that they serve, that... uh, might take Listen to My Life forward um, and share it with other people. So um, today we are going to open up the eighth map. It's an eighth visual map in the series of Listen to My Life. And the map is called Following Forward. And the map itself is called Following Forward in terms of following Jesus forward into our futures. And it's uh, the last um, map in the series that helps people kind of take an assessment and reflect back on the work that they've done in the previous seven maps and decide what they want to sort out, what they want to take with them, what they want to leave behind. And in these map booklets, we have these uh, introductory paragraphs that uh, that kind of help people get oriented to what we're going to do when they open up the color map that they actually write and draw their story into. So um, today, like I said, we're in the following forward map. And um, there's just a paragraph here we're going to jump off of for our conversation today. Uh, So Joan, would you mind reading that for us? Sure. It says, God created you so he could live through you as you. The creator of the universe uniquely crafted you with the intention to show his love through you to a hurting world. He has some creating, redeeming, healing, loving, comforting, and restoring works to do that are best done through you. He has uniquely made you and gifted you to join him in these works. Sybil, what do you think? What, What stands out to you in this reading of that paragraph we wrote probably back in 2013? 2003. Yes, I think it's at least that far back. Um, Well, one of the things that stands out to me is uh, one of the first um, pages in the Ignatian exercises. And, And there are a whole number of different pages because people have uh, taken the material and written it from many different perspectives, but this comes out of a Jesuit community, and it asks you to write down 
all of the places that all of the things around your life over which you have no control. So when you read this, um, God created you so he could live through you as you and that he crafted you. All right. What things did we not have a choice about? I didn't have a choice about my parents. <laughs> I didn't have a choice about where I first lived. Um, I didn't actually have a choice about the way I'm gifted mm-hmm. and um, uh, or who my siblings would be. I mean, there are a whole host of things when you begin to think yeah. about it. Race, gender, and, socioeconomic status of my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Education. And so one of the first things in that is to be able to come to an acceptance of that. Yeah, and you, when you talk about race and gender, even height, uh, we have a, um, someone in our family who would love to have been much taller and, and just, I mean, angsted um, for it because he wanted to play basketball. Mm. And he had to come to an acceptance that he could play basketball for fun really well, but he would not ever be able to play uh, anything beyond high school um, basketball. So that's something that you that you can't change about yourself. So that's the one of the first things that come to me. He created you. He created you. Hmm. That 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 stops me. Yeah, that there's this intentionality behind exactly how you were made. Yes. Yeah, that's what stood out to me is that second line. The creator and the C in creator is capital. (laughs) The creator of the universe. Think about that for a minute. Uniquely crafted you. Insert your name right there. With intention to show his love through you to a hurting world. Like Try to take that in for a minute. Yeah, there's a piece of that part that's about learning how to receive God's love so that we can let it pass through that. And that's part of our design. That's part of our purpose. That's part of um, what we were created for. And this first line of he created you so he could live through you as you. That's a a rephrasing of um, of a line from a book called "The Rest of the Gospel," and I'll put a link to the show notes in the uh, in the show notes to that book. But that idea that his intention is to live through you as you, not as somebody else, or not who you think you should be like, or want to be like, or who you think is more somehow perfect than you are whether that means somebody else is prettier, skinnier, smarter, more athletic, um, has a different uh, skin color, has a different you know, setting, socioeconomic family to grow up in or whatever else. No, that God understands the raw material here. <laughs> and his intention is to live through you as you. And uh, those particular aspects, um, like you said, Sybil, about accepting those things, not just being resigned to them, as we referred yeah. to in another uh, previous episode here, but um, but to accept them for the possibilities that they present 
to be a unique expression of God's love in the world. Yes. And, and acceptance doesn't exclude development or it doesn't exclude growth. But I have to, but I have to say, what does it look like for me to really be me? Hmm. And, uh, and so that's not, uh, that, um, that begins to pose a bit of the thing that you tip toward. What are the ways that I've tried to be somebody else? And so that just... And why? Yeah. You know, uh, in what ways did I try to be someone else? I, I, I happen to know someone who tries to be someone else because that's what their dad expected. He expected all of his kids to be... Um, very athletic in a particular way. And this kid not only did not have the physical uh, body for it, but also just the desire. He'd had no desire for it. And um, it was just such a, a real thing to him. The story he told himself about the situation was, um, I'm not good enough, and he's got a personality that, that, that is really ready to push back on things anyway. Mm-hmm. He's a questioner and, a, and someone who's, who's going to disagree for the tussle of it. And uh, um, that is definitely something that he's had to, to work through, and his father has had to work through, too, over time, to be able to have them accept each other um, for who they both are. And yes. appreciate each other for who they both are, and they're they're now in such a different place because they've both come to an acceptance of who the other is, but also who who they are themselves. Yeah, be uh, at peace, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Um, be at peace and really um, learn learn the voices. And I don't think this happens early. I think this happens. Um, much more in the audience that's listening to this in our adult years, I realize I have tried to do what one of my parents has wanted uh, me to do. Sometimes another piece that we do, we come from parents who don't have it all together and who have... Really? Yeah. And 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 they you mean have... Neither, neither do I with yeah, my son? No. Oh. And, and, okay. and the... But we have parents who have lost dreams. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll give you a specific example that I just sort of uncovered in, in myself and that I think that I have, um, I tried to live out a bit of my mother's lost dreams hmm. in, in having our house bombed during the war and then in a second marriage where <clears throat> the man that she married had no care for how the place uh, was mm-hmm. cared for or refurbished or, or looked. And she had files of how it could look. She did. Huh. Yeah, she had files. She was an artist. That's right. She uh, was an architect. And uh, so aesthetics were so important yes. to her. Yes, and so um, huh. so I just I just reflected and thought, all right, I think a part of me has sought to take care of my mother. 
I don't think I do that today, but I think it may have been earlier on in my life that if, if, if I were able to do that, then she would be all right. Hmm. And Kurt hmm. Thompson actually talks about this in The Anatomy of the Soul, that the, we're trying to take care of ourselves in the final analysis, but we do it through trying to take care of somebody else in the family for what they missed. And again, it's totally on a subconscious level. What a good noticing symbol. That's that's quite fascinating yeah. to sit with. Yeah. So, uh, so I just think there are <clears throat> there are places where um, there is in a family, uh, whether it's kind of in um, an enmeshment or um, an expectation of somebody in the family that this is what you're like, and you take it on, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you don't know you've taken it on. So. So then it's confusing to you about who you really are. Well, it it can be something where I don't feel loved unless I perform or behave in this particular way. Like, okay, if I don't do this, I'm not going to receive the love that I desire and need. And it's it's a, I don't, I don't, trust that I will be loved for who I am and that kind of a lie that sets in early um, is really hard to undo so then you're always playing to someone else's expectations when God is just saying well why don't you just try resting in who you are who I made you to be because when you do that I've got some pretty cool things that I that I'd like to pour into you and through you for the benefit of the rest of the world, and it'll bring you joy. Yes. So then you might ask the question, um, where have I honestly, in my young life and in my adult life, felt most myself? Where um, Where have I felt most free? Where have presence and words and gifts and joy um, sort of come together. So kind of getting in touch with your essence, Sybil, of who yeah. God made you or yes, and it might be and, <clears throat> and it might be through someone um, who has seen you and noticed a gift. It might be, I think uh, Sharon, you've talked before well about art, but um, even photography. But um, beauty, beauty has always been a part of who you are and what you notice. And whether it's outside beauty in creation, whether it's beauty in a person's face, um, you, you have a way of seeing it and seeking to capture it and doing it in I mean, many different forms, pottery, silk, um, uh, drawing, and, uh, and you do it with words. Joan, you do mm-hmm. it with words. Mm-hmm. There's a beauty and a capture. And I think of, of the gifting, I don't know if your mom encouraged you, but she in her era mm-hmm. probably didn't fully know it, but in the way that she was able, the letters that she mm-hmm. wrote your family. Right. Yeah, sitting at the typewriter on Sunday nights, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so relationships, 
You know, words mm-hmm. words had a relational quality. Mm-hmm. They didn't just... It's the way she kept the family together that was so spread out in age. I think yes. those letters were a way to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Would you use carbon copy paper? In between each one. And yes. if you got the last copy, you knew you were probably in trouble that week because you couldn't <laughs> barely read it. Oh, <laughs> and you'd gosh. have to call to see what it said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that was the idea. The one she wanted to talk to the most was the one she sent that one to well, so that they would call. Might have been a little passive aggressive there too. <laughs> oh, but. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But but that's one of the other ways we actually see a part of who God made us to be because it's a part of the genetic gifting that mm-hmm. comes, you know, that comes through the generations. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes us a while to appreciate that particular gifting, that I have a way of expressing that in this time and in this season of life that, um, uh, that, that is a particular gift. You're not using typewriter. No, no. <laughs> but it makes me think, I mean, as we talk about our earthly parents, I mean, I come back to thinking about my heavenly father. Yes. There are no gaps, <laughs> you no. know? The story doesn't have holes in it. Um, it, it. That's a beautiful thing to think about. That's who created me as I am that he wants to use. Like, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and because of some brokenness that might have happened along the way, sometimes by mm-hmm. fault of someone else or sometimes just by circumstance or happenstance or choices, or choices along the way, um, does not exclude God's power to to turn those things into good, yeah. making all things good. Um, you know, just is is such a powerful thought, and and we get to this part. It says He has some creating, redeeming, healing, loving, comforting, and restoring works for you to do that is that are best done through you. Not like you're a second choice or second string or or whatever else. No, there's something for you, and it doesn't mean that everybody has um, huge monumental impact on the direction of the world. It could be that he has uniquely designed you to show love to the least of not just these, but maybe this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of my friend who has, um, who has two special needs kids and he has, she doesn't feel it at all that she's been uniquely gifted to be their mom. Um, but I can see that. Um, she is, she's tenacious and she's, um, protective and she's challenging to them and 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 loving and compassionate to them and sometimes exasperated by them <laughs> as well but yet this this interesting thing that she never would have have chosen for herself or her children to have these special needs yet there's a kind of beauty that comes out of her because I'm not sure that those kids seem to bring out, I think the best in her and, and her influence in their life is, is, is evident in a lot of ways too. And what a task 
And what a, what a kind of love to learn to express in that setting. Her, diff- her life has not turned out how, th- how she thought it would, no. So it begs a question, how do we define success? Now, that's really what my granddaughter was trying to do, was really to define success. Was success about uh, completing this degree, getting a good job, or was it about entering into more of who she really is and that that, um, uh, that success in the way that it comes defined to us by how much we have, by who knows us, and, um, and by what we do. And mm-hmm. so, um, so what you just described does not fit the definition of success in our Western world. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, because of the media, I mean, because of uh, cell phones and our capacity world round, uh, the world is impacted by our um, the Western view, and there would be some other countries. I think the Asian um, influence would have a success. So we're not the only ones, and pieces in Europe would have it. But um, but people are influenced by that, and uh, and so what would it look like to redefine success, mm-hmm. which is what this sentence is trying to encourage. Well, the, in, the, the influence of social media, um, you know, Facebook and Pinterest and everything else, Instagram, and where, where people are posting pictures of themselves at the best, at their best and at their most exciting moments for all of us, the, you know, the, for the world to see. And then if you look at yourself, well, that, that, that's not what my life looks like. Well, you know, it's, and I, I don't know who said it, but we're always comparing someone else's on stage to our backstage life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, a, that's a, great <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So, um, so what you bring up is one of the places that we fall into a trap is in the way of comparing. Mm-hmm. So when we compare, we are either better than or less than. As opposed to just enough? Yes. Because a- God as made is, us enough. As is. And what, yes. do, what does God do when he looks down at each one of us? He doesn't go, oh, she's got that and she's got that. He's like, no, I see you, you. and I see you. Yes. And it is good. And the way God looks down at us is the way you and I look at each other. Mm. This is an incarnational work. Mm -hmm. He is not up sitting on some cloud, (laughs) looking down and saying it. No, he's using you and I in each other's lives. That's why this map is for ordinary people who are interested in uncovering and discovering who they really are, so they can be a part of your word multiplying that gifting on the face of this earth. Right, and I, it makes me think of the 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 um, God character in the shack who who has this this line of, "I'm particularly fond of you," yes. you know, and and just this um, this aspect of. He's particularly fond of exactly who you are, exactly how you're made, 
and basically all he keeps trying to do is 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 wanting us to um, to push aside everything that gets in the way of us living out that what who he made us to be, you know, and and one way of looking at sin is all the stuff that covers up our true selves, yes. you know, that he's trying to clear out so that we can just be who he made us to be. <coughs> Amen. Yeah. So, you know, this particular paragraph, uh, I think, just gave us a lot of good fodder for conversation here. And I'm just so grateful um, for revisiting it once again with the two of you. And um, if this prompted something in you that you want to dive into a process like Listen to My Life, you can find out more at the One Life Maps podcast, I mean, One Life Maps website, O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. We've got a virtual class coming up starting September 10th and a uh, that you can find out more about at that website too, as long as well as a uh, facilitator certification. If you want to take this process um, to others, if you have some ideas of a group you'd like to gather, or maybe you're a coach or a counselor or a spiritual director or somebody that works in churches or leads small groups, um, our facilitator certification workshop is November 18th, 19th, and a half day on the 20th in the Chicago area. Um, we love it. If you, you, you need to be able to you have gone through Listen to My Life yourself uh, personally, uh, before you show up for that. That's why we have the virtual class starting September 10th. Um, thanks very much to our Patreon supporters. Um, a shout out to all of you. So grateful for your support uh, of this podcast and the other work we do. Um, you can actually contribute $5 or more or a month on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash one life maps um and if you donate five dollars a month or more we'd love that more uh <laughs> we love the support we so appreciate it and we we uh send you a, a free thank you gift every week to say thank you uh an audio meditation that hopefully you'll really enjoy so let's see anything else we need to cover no i just would uh, say to you on this map what uh, someone has done who has gone through all of the maps, they carry this following forward with them every time they go on a retreat or to a conference. And they re-look at where they are and they say, what would be my next step of following forward? Is it continuing to be what I had from the last time or is God opening up a fresh way for me to be who he's called me to be? Very good. A reminder of what that uh, that bold prayer is yes. and um yeah it's it's just a it's a great following forward in, in and of itself is a great map some people use it in uh for new year's retreats and things of that kind too so anyway thanks for joining us everyone um we're so glad you're here and so for now this is sharon swing signing off along with joan kelly goodbye everybody sybil towner goodbye have a great week have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? You're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. 
Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com.